Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked. Welcome to The Bible Unmasked. We are on, um, this is episode... 28. 28. Here we are rolling along, and we are so glad that you've joined us once again as we are um, looking at some practical motivational tips from the Bible and as we share our own experiences from that. And today, Dexter, we have a special guest here. We have Barbara Samuels with us. Barbara, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an awesome pleasure to join you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Thank you. Well, before we continue further on, um, before we have prayer, actually, Dexter, why don't you just introduce our, uh, we're doing the book of First Timothy, and the theme that we have for that is the art of discipleship. So can you explain that a little bit to us and also our guest? Wonderful. So Timothy is being mentored or discipled by the Apostle Paul and he's discipling him so he could disciple others. And I'm reading the book, and one of the themes that jumps out is the art of discipleship. What could we learn about discipling and also being discipled? What, what, what tips could we use? Because, you know, Jesus commissioned to us in Matthew 28 is go make disciples. And yes. why, why elder entrepreneur Barbara Samuels? Because she has a deep, infectious Holy Ghost inspired passion for discipleship. We were at a discipleship training and I mean, she was jumping in and giving the, the, the big teachable moments. So, you know, we, I entered this interview with a lot of excitement. I, I expect to learn a lot uh, and, and to, to drink deeply from her fount of wisdom. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, let's get started here with a word of prayer and we're going to dive right in. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for this time that we can stop, we can talk, and we can um, invite your presence here with us. And we want to gain wisdom from you, from your word, and we pray that you would guide our words and our thoughts and may the viewers just be blessed by um, what they hear and from your word. We thank you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. 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 So we want to get into our Bible and go to first Timothy. And we are looking at the first chapter and verse two, I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God, the father and Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. So from this, we get our tip, we are called to give birth. And our question is, how do you impress upon people their need to give birth to children in the faith without guilting or shaming them? So Dexter, I'm assuming this is not actually the physical giving birth. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) This is our spiritual giving birth, right? One of the oldest comedy, comedy I heard is that men... Men don't give birth to children because they can't bear them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So so, um, this is why I like studying through themes. Mm -hmm. Because we have the theme out of discipleship, this is a verse that generally we'll just read over. You won't get anything from this verse if you're just reading it 
to read the book of first Timothy. But because I'm looking at the art of discipleship and he's calling him son in the faith, I'm like, wow, as a disciple, you are called to make disciples. You're called to give birth. You're called to have children in the faith. Um, so Elder Samuel, tell us from your perspective, based on this question, how, how do you do that? How do you encourage, inspire, nudge people? Hey, this is mandated. This is what God expects from us. How do you do that without shaming them or guilting them? You know, one of the ways I find, you know, human beings um, like to see, like whenever you see a trait or something in them that exemplifies something that um, you can see, like in the, in, the, in the discipleship, like one of the ways I, I encourage individuals is when I see their reach out in just simple little ways or communicate uh, something to somebody else in such a way and, 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 and share with them. I encourage them. I said, you know what? I really like the way you communicated that point across. You know, that is a tenant of when as a disciple maker, as you are sharing the gospel and as you're, you're encouraging, that person will start seeing. So I sort of encourage them in a way where I, I validate sometimes the things that they are doing that some leads into that form of discipleship. Because off, off the bat, um, what most individuals will think, you know, this discipleship making business is all for the elders and the, and the, the and somebody else, but it's not for me. But when they understand, when they start seeing little tips, bits of how they themselves in, in simple practical ways are actually able to do discipleship, then you are able to then expand on the subject a little bit more. And so they're more receptive. Very helpful, very helpful. By the way, before we jump to question two though, mm -hmm. tell, tell us where your passion came from um, for the, the whole disciple discipling story. Well, let me, I, I can't even put my finger on it specifically, but I remember you know, I grown up in the church and after being in the church for a while and doing my own thing, I was going to the church, but I really wasn't in the church. I was just going through the motion. And then when I started to have that relationship with God and I recognized how sweet it was and how much it brought me such joy. But not only that, one of the things, and I mean, you've heard my testimony. One day I was going through a lot of stuff and I, I was one of those individuals that if somebody says something to me, you know, I'm upset or in my, into my feelings and all sort of that. And I remember one day when I was going through stuff and I was on my bed and I was just really in that low moment. And it's as though her God said to me, at least clearly, he said, you know, my presence or absence has nothing to do with your feelings, right? I'm here, whether you feel like I'm here or not. Mm -hmm. And so that led me into a journey. I mean, of course, I, I then when I got out of the fact that who's talking, I'm like, really, God, you mean all this pain that I am feeling right now, you're telling me you're still here? How can you be here? I'm in so much pain. But then after I got that, God started leading me down that path of understanding that his presence is so much more. And then when I started to see how he delivered me from the emotional baggage, the emotionalism that ruined my life with my feelings, I was excited. I wanted to share people, listen, you don't have to be held captive anymore. And I remember one day I was sitting down and I was like, I want to, I want to win souls for the kingdom. I don't, I don't not only want to just, I want people to, to be one, but I, did, I didn't know how to do it. And I remember I prayed about it and 
I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to talk to adults. I'm going to talk to grown people. I'm going to form this in my community. And the, the opportunity presented to me um, by, by one of our elders says, you know, we need somebody to lead the children's baptismal class. I'm like, oh, you know, like, that was not what I was thinking about. And so, but I prayed and God showed me, he says, by leading the children's baptismal class, it's like you are snatching them out of Satan's grip from an early age. It's like wow. you're pulling them out. And so that's where I started. So if it was one child that was in the class, you'd think that I have a whole tons of kids because right. no, my mission and passion. So that's where my desire to, wow. I want people to experience and to know that not just experience it for yourself, but hey, let's get somebody out of the burning building too. And the only way we can do that is by helping people to learn how to make disciples of others. I know it's a long answer, but I just that's how I got passionate about it. I love, I, I love your fire and I love rescuing them from the burning building. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go on and we're going to continue on to our next point here in uh in chapter one, verse seven, they mm -hmm. want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they speak so confidently. And our tip here is that to be confident in what you really don't know is breathing ground for arrogance and pride. And our question is, how do you teach people to teach what they have studied rather than what they are speculating about? Mm. That's yours. That's yours, Elder Barra. So how that, you know, <laughs> human beings are such that we always want to be validated. You know, um, right. that's just a selfish nature that we I mean, it's it's a truth. We want to be validated. And so we don't nobody don't want to. If you have a desire to do something, you want to be able to do it well. But if you don't, you don't want to know that you're not doing well. What I've learned, I've taught people, I said, listen, I said, our words have no power. They have no use. They can't do nothing. So when you give people your opinion, you are kind of hindering them from getting to where God. The only thing that can, if you really, when you really desire to see somebody, you have to give them the words. You have to give them what has power. And our opinion don't have power. So, and if we come up with our opinion, most times, if we're, I mean, not most times, if we're not letting the Holy Spirit guide us in the word, we're always going to give error. And error breeds worse than, than you'd ever. So that's how I always encourage him to just get to the point where start getting used to the idea that your words of yourself, your own words don't have no power. So you know, don't give that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like where you started, the whole idea of being validated. Yes. Um, because I think that's where that's that's how arrogance that gives lives to arrogance mm -hmm. if you're not careful now i i do i do believe we are we are we need a affirmation all of us mm -hmm. that's why the bible said specifically encourage one another mm -hmm. right we all need to know look you're doing well um that's why we look forward to jesus saying to us well done the issue is not our need for affirmation it's not our need for People saying, look, you're doing well, you're going okay, you're enough, you're loved, you're special. The issue is when we seek it from all the wrong places. Yes. And also when we seek it um, from the wrong motives. If you want mm -hmm. validation for what you're doing and what you have, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. your, your validation and your affirmation should be 
on who you are and better than that, who's mm-hmm. you are. Um, and I think that that is that like 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 the like the tip says trying to answer what you don't know as if you know it is prideful. Mm-hmm. You know, teach what you know, teach what you have experienced. And one of the things about discipleship I like is when you can tell people what God has done for you lately. Aye, 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 aye. Because <laughs> it forces you to continuously get that um, experience with God, to drink daily from his word. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what discipleship is about, is sharing because he shared with you. You know, one of the, I'm, I'm going on a little bit. One, one of the things we mess up um, as a church is that we think, discipleship is just indoctrinating people Mm-mm. teach them about the fundamental doctrines mm-hmm. however biblically discipleship is jesus saying go tell them what god has done for you mm-hmm. whenever he liberated somebody he said look, the, the, the guy the guy with the, with the d- demoniac in matthew chapter 8 he's like i, I, I want to roll with you jesus he's like uh-uh you go tell your friends how i have delivered you you know because they, they knew you were chained they knew you were you were uh, um, a, a head case, but you go show them how you're cleaned up, you're reformed um, and you're transformed. Share that so that they can seek the same source of transformation mm-hmm. where you got your transformation. Yes, yes. Okay, let's keep moving along here now to, we're still gonna stay in chapter one. We're going to verse 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in igor- ignorance and unbelief. So our tip here is the genesis for every call is grace and never how gifted we are. Mm-hmm question is how do we teach people to see past their shortcomings so they could see how eager God wants to use them wow Wow. all right Ella (laughs) (laughs) you know it's so funny that you you mentioned that question because I share my one of the experience that I uh, have I've learned is that when I decided to go into um using sharing health as an as an avenue of sharing Christ, sharing Christ through the, the health message and helping people reverse type two diabetes. Even though I had been a nurse for over 17 years and I thought I knew when I had gone through with helping my husband and helping others reverse their type two diabetes, I did not, I, 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 I knew I didn't have any confidence in myself. And that was was kind of the right thing, but I didn't know, but I was timid. Like, you know, and then I realized that I had to first recognize what was my purpose and what was my mission and who gives me strength and who equips me and who keeps me. And then once I started understanding that, I started recognizing that had nothing to do with me. I was just, allowing God to lead me right. and wherever he brought me, he would equip me. And if, and if he, if I don't, he will teach me and he will bring me through lessons that I need, I needed to learn. And so then I start realizing that just like with sharing the, the gospel, like sharing with people, you, you start feeling, you don't know how to do it, 
But then you start remembering it is not you who is doing it. When you take yourself out of the picture and recognize this is not me. God is the one who is speaking in me, who is working in me so he can work through me to work to others. And so that is one of the way in which you you get over that. Recognize that this is not your work. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. And it sounds like the difference is understanding the difference between a reservoir and a Mm -hmm. river. Yes. You know, a, a reservoir, you know, the water just goes there and it kind of stops, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas a river, it, it, it flows. And, yes. and so you want to be a river where the love of God, the grace of God, mm-hmm. just flow through you. You don't mm-hmm. want to be that stagnant reservoir. And, and, I, and, I, and I think w- when you look at the supernatural in your own life, God showing up in miraculous ways, you, you, I mean, you have to be a liar to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I I read a book. The reason I liked your your testimony of where you got um where you got this contagious passion for discipleship, I read a book called The Leadership Engine, and the book was saying that great organizations has leaders that are teachers, and these are people who know the major turning points of their lives. They could point to fifteen years ago at this train station. This is what happened, and 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 I, and, I, and I think. Like, like, like the tip says, the, the, the genesis, the genesis of discipleship is grace and never how gifted we are. You know, you were called not because you're good looking. <laughs> you were called because of his goodness. Yes. Um, and I think if that's the focus, then, then you, you, it will be easier for you to get out of God's way. And, and just, just a side note, you know, I, I love business. And uh, I love your business model because one of my friends, Jess, was so excited because she's going to be signing up for your program um, on reversing type 2 diabetes. And I was smiling because I said, hey, we, 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 have, we have Barbara coming up on the Bible on mass, this big time entrepreneur. But you, you are so blessed because your business is not only an awesome way to scale your skills, and your experience so you can actually earn from it but you actually get paid to do ministry and to <laughs> heal people's lives physically and also spiritually yes. you know, i love it yes and you know what i i'm gonna just as you mentioned that this is the best way to 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 do as a matter of fact you know what everything you do it doesn't matter what profession you find yourself in right, right. as a child of god it's a ministry, but we don't always understand that. I didn't know that for so many years. And this, I never get frustrated. I never get overwhelmed because the mission always precedes the purpose. The purpose and the mission goes hand in hand together. And that makes it all different. Wow. wow. <laughs> Entrepreneur evangelist, go on. <laughs> Reminds me of that text, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Yes. Doing it yeah. for God, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's go now to um, verse 17 of chapter one. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Is God. Amen. And mm-hmm. our tip here is connecting people to our source of strength. So our question, mm-hmm. how do we allow people to affirm that Jesus they see in us and at the same time hold him up as the one they need to follow? Yeah, I, I hope this question doesn't confuse you. And, and let me tell you why this is important. 
um, a lot of times we mistake humility for um, um, shifting or not accepting affirmation. You know, somebody says to me, oh, um, Dex, you're, you're a wonderful speaker. And, and a lot of times my low self-esteem would say, oh no, it's, it's not me. No, I'm not that good. That's ridiculous. That's not humility. Because, you know, humility is, is not, not talking about yourself. Okay, in other words, humility is, so pride is being full of self. Mm -hmm. um, where humility is being okay with affirming who you are. So I, I think we need to be careful how we talk about giving God glory. If somebody is acknowledging um, a gift you have, sometimes all you say is thank you, you know, but sometimes we try to shake it off because, because of low self-esteem, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's where the question is coming from. How do you allow people to affirm the, the, the goodness, the kindness, the graciousness, the generosity they see in you, um, while at the same time pointing them to look, the God that is living in me that is doing this could also live in you and do the same thing. How do you straddle that tight rope, that tension without saying, well, you know, it's, it's just not me, but it is you. God did that through you, but it is you. He gave you some, am I losing you? No, no, I know. I'm trying to grapple around that too, <laughs> how you explain that, but I kind of get it. Right. Elda, did I lose you? No, you, you didn't lose me. As you're talking, um, I was just thinking deeply because that's something I struggled with. And the way in which you said it is that, yes, you are right on point because there was a time in my life when people would comment, compliment me and I had low self-esteem in, in terms of, and so I would, it, it came off as that. But as God showed you that it's not about you, truly, it, even though he's using you and he's going through you, his work, first of all, I always say to people, God have to work in, he has to work on you to work through you. You know what I mean? He has to, <laughs> he has to work on you. And sometimes the working on you feels that God is like not working with you, but he's working on you. So how do I do that? I, I, I always try to, not, when, since I started understanding, I said, can you imagine, look what God can do through me. He can do the same through you and even better. Right, right. And say, so right. can you imagine? I said, I can't. I, sometimes I say, I can't even believe I did that. That is God in, working through me. That's awesome. He can do the same through you and even more. It's really all about God. But before I used to say, oh, it's not me. But now I recognize because now I've gotten confident in who it is that's truly working in me. And there's no competition. Right. And, and not only that, <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to downplay your giftedness. You know, like, it, because then you're, you're, you're dissing God when you downplay a gift in it. Somebody said, Dex, you're, you're a wonderful speaker. Thank you. Thank you. Because what people don't know is a lot of times I speak, I am blessed by the message too. Because, because greater is he that is in me, you know, than he that is in the world. Because God is speaking through me, but also to me. So I am right there with them. Yeah, that was a, that was a really good message. Amen to that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go on now to our um, to our last one here. Wow, we've been 
having a great discussion here. Thank you. And we're going to go to chapter three and verse one. This mm -hmm. is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. Mm -hmm. So our tip here is affirm, affirm people's motives, good intentions, and godly desires. And our question is, how do you affirm people who have a desire to serve in a church office without encouraging self-centered behavior in them? Do I need to explain this one too? And let me tell you, this is, this is probably the most brilliant insight I have found in this entire book. Because anytime, like if, if I said, you know, I would like to be the first, the head elder of plantation, you know, people automatically be like, Oh, why can't you just be a deacon? You know, why, why are you being selfish? You know, you think about you too much. That's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, look, if people desire an office of prominence, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. A good thing. I'm like, whoa, Paul, no, it can't be a good thing. Tell them just enjoy being in the background. But here's, here's what Paul was saying. And then he goes on in chapter three to describe what's required of, of um, an elder. You know, you have to be uh, moderate. You have to lead your family well. Um, you can't be greedy. You know, all these. So, so what Paul was saying is, if people understand what's, what's entailed, what's required of having an office of leadership in the church, and they want it, bless God for that desire, right? Bless God, not, 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 just the, not just the part of the office that gives prestige, that gives um, uh, for people to, to put you on a pedestal, but the part, the part of the office that helps you to grow, that stretches you beyond your comfort zone and, and makes you more like Jesus. He's saying, yes, you want that if that's what you understand the office does for you. Is that a better context? Yes. Better content. So, so talk to this question for me. How, 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 do you, how do you encourage and affirm when people um, aspire to a leadership position without encouraging selfishness and self-centered behavior in them? You know, first of all, when somebody says they want to, and you're right, for the most part, most people would say like, what do you want to do? You just want to put yourself up there. But I've come to realize that everyone has been called for a different purpose. And, and sometimes people know, sometimes people recognize it. I always say, um, you know, that's a good thing that you want to serve in the ministry of God. That's an awesome thing. And usually I say, tell me a little bit more, what prompted you to do this, you know? And then they started telling you why. And I always bring people to, to Psalms 37, where it says, whatever you do, delight yourself in the Lord, trust in him. Um, and he is the one who's going to bring it to pass and encourage them that, you know, the, 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 the fact that they have this the desire to want to serve in God's, in God's work and for the reason they want, it's not because... I, I said, it's, the enemy is not going to tell you to go and serve to win souls for the kingdom. Right. So if you're getting a desire to work in God's kingdom for the purpose of winning souls or for the purpose of bringing, it's, it's a desire that God is calling you. Hallelujah. Now, that desire 
is to have to then put back that desire into God. So delight in him, put it back in his hands and so that he will guide you because it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility, but it's an awesome opportunity to serve. The responsibility is now you are going to be able to influence people for the kingdom. And if you influence them for, the, for, for hell, then that's going to be on you. So you have to take this, not just say, you know, and I always get them to think deep and recognize it's not just about the position. It's about serving and serving others well and serving so that their souls will be saved. So when you desire this, you give, it says, delight in God, give him the desires of your heart. Say, God, I'm desiring to do this. I give it back to you. I trust in you. Then he will bring it to pass and just be willing to submit and surrender and let his way of bringing it to pass happens. And it may not be the way you choose because sometimes it may go through a little bit uncomfortable and people may not even affirm you at the beginning. But if God gives you that desire, he's the one who's gonna bring it to pass. So I always get back to let them think that don't start looking at it as I'm going to be up there. If I don't go to that, I say, what, what prompted you to do this? Is this, a, you know, if it's a desire to serve, it's a desire that God has given you. Wow. Devil not going to tell you to go help win souls for the kingdom. Elder, that's, 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 that's a buzzer beater. That's a winning <laughs> shot. That was, that was rich. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you very much. This has been a real treat having you on here and, our viewers, I'm sure, have been blessed. And um, friends, we want to remind you that this is airing every Sunday evening at 7.30. And of course, since it's on our plantation.sda.tv site, you can look at it anytime. And please share with your family and friends so that others may be blessed as you have been blessed. And um, Dexter, what is our next episode going to be about? Oh, I am juiced. I'm excited. It's going to be Second, <laughs> second Timothy. And um, we have a powerful, really, really powerful, potent experience lined up for you next week. The theme is final advice before I die. Paul is writing his last letter. He knows the end is near. He knows that, that he's not going to live long. And so he's giving his final insights to his son in the faith, Timothy. And it's, it's, it's almost like he's, reading his eulogy ahead of time. Mm. Uh, so, so I want you to go look into second Timothy and I want you to pull out, okay, what should I, if, if I am about to leave this planet, what, what are the most important things I want to leave with people who are, who I love, look through the book, read through that theme, final advice before I die and see what Paul pulls out so that when we get together next week, we, we're going to collaborate wow. on the insights we both get. So again, um, Ella Barbara Samuels, bless you real good. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your ministry. And see you guys next Sunday. Yes, thank you. We do want to end with prayer, prayer here. <laughs> so Barbara, I wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind, could you um, pray for us, please? One more, certainly. Let us pray. Father God, we are so thankful for this opportunity to just talk about your goodness, to talk about what you've called us to do, and that is to make disciples of all men. Father God, we commit 
our desires in your hands. And we thank you, God, that as your word goes forth through, through this avenue of ministry you have opened up, God, we thank you for the souls that have already come to know you through this. And we thank you for those that this has been earmarked for. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. And God, we submit and we say, let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked.